Welcome back to the Stories from the Woods podcast. So today we're going to take a break from the chapter story, the battle over the Jewel of Laria, and have a quick short story for you. This one was born out of my time in spring break. Uh, We spent a few days in Pompano Beach, Florida um, with my in-laws, and there was a few iguanas down there, and they had a little place um, on a canal with a boat, and there was a few iguanas. None of them I saw on the boats when we were down there, but the stories our in-laws told of uh, there was a boat one year where there were many, many iguanas that had overtaken that boat, and that boat wasn't there this year. So we don't really know what happened to the boat. Uh, We just know that the iguanas are no longer taking over the boats that are on that dock. And so I wanted to kind of come up with a story that maybe tells what really happened to that boat. The Iguana Boat Lester was shouting out directions and instructions to the crew. He was a self-proclaimed captain of this vessel. The strange thing is, this captain was not having the crew swab the deck tie down the ropes or set the sail. Instead, he was telling what part of the boat they could lay down on or what food they should find for the crew while they were on shore. Lester and his crew were iguanas inhabiting a boat that was sitting on a dock in a canal leading out to the ocean in Pompano Beach, Florida. There were 13 iguanas, including Lester, on the ship. They varied in size, with Tommy being the largest but quietest of the bunch. He did not do much, but sunbathe on the front of the boat. Shirley, Lenny, Skip, and Bonita were medium-sized, and they were the hardest workers on the boat. Carol and Rolf were the only couple on the boat, but were always fighting about something silly. This was the only drama on the boat, and was the extent of what the crew would allow. Wendell spent most of his time cracking jokes. That left the smallest of the lot with Dorothy, Chuck, Zuzu, and Spike. Spike was the one with the most energy, always moving around. Many of them would just lay down in the back of the boat or onto the ropes that tied to the dock. Lester was the first one to inhabit this boat, and it was also why he claimed himself captain. One nice day when he was walking down the dock, he happened to just climb up on the ropes into the boat, and since there were no humans occupying it at the time, he just continued to stay there and he got more comfortable over time. The humans that owned the boat never came to take it out. It was such a waste, he thought. After a few days of being on the boat by himself, he became a little lonely. He decided the boat needed a crew, so as the days passed, he would sit at the end of the boat and call out to the other iguanas as they walked on by and invited them to join the vessel and be part of the crew. There were a few that did not make the cut. It's because they didn't listen to his demands, or were just too lazy to work. The current crew of 12 was the perfect amount of iguanas on this boat, and they all seemed to work together just fine. They did their business on the boat, which made the boat pretty dirty and nasty. But the humans would not come. But that all changed one day, when the man who owned the boat came down to the dock, and he saw all the iguanas on his boat. This put him in a sour mood. He was not happy. He tried to jump up and down and bang on the boat to see if the iguanas would scurry. But this group was so familiar with the boat and did not want to leave, they stayed put. Except for Spike, who quickly jumped off into the water and swam away. The man said, I'm going to come back here. 
get you iguanas off here and clean this boat up and take it back for my own. So he set his things down and ran back up where he came from. That man is going to try to take back this boat, said Lester to the rest of the crew. We must hold it down and protect ourselves here. We must take the boat out into the canal. The canal? said Carol. I don't think we should do that. Yes, we must. We are all going to stay in our home that we love. We need to untie the ropes and set this boat free. Tommy didn't move, stayed at the front of the boat, like he always did. A few of the other guanas went down and untied the ropes and climbed right back up them, back into the boat. And while this was happening, Lester was working on getting the engine started. He had Lenny run down and turn on the gas valve and asked Skip to come up to control the gears. And Lester, his two front feet and his back two feet, and clutched them around the steering wheel. He was ready to steer once they got started. Lenny said, it's a go. Then Skip put it in the gear. The engine started revving, but it wasn't, wasn't going. Shirley, pull the choke. And she pulled the choke, and the engine revved right up. Even after all that time sitting, that boat's motor was in good condition, and they started moving slowly. Then Skip put it into the next gear, and they started going a little faster, and Lester said, Hold, hold, pull back, pull back, slow in the canal. No wake in the canal, he said. He remembered that from the no wake sign across from the boat on the shore. And they started moving and into the middle of the canal, when the man who owned the boat ran down with hoses and buckets and sponges. He was going to clean that boat, but it was on its way out. No, no, it's my boat! Who let it go? And Lester turned back and looked at him with a smile on his face as they headed off into the canal towards the ocean. The man was stomping up and down, not sure what to do. How was he going to get his boat back? And Lester was happy. They were cruising on their way out to the ocean. And you could see the opening of the canal to the ocean. And all the iguanas questioned, Lester, what are we going to do when we get on the ocean? We don't have any food. How are we going to get back? Do you know how to steer this boat? What if it gets rocky out there? So many questions that the iguanas had. Lester was frustrated with his crew. If you don't want to stay, fine. It's your time to bail now. Come with me. We will enjoy a great ride. And some of the iguanas jumped, jumped off in the canal and swam to shore. And that remained Lester at the wheel, Skip on the gear, and Tommy up front sunbathing still. But as they got closer and closer to the ocean, Lester thought a little bit more about what he was doing and wasn't too sure what was going to happen when they got in the ocean. And he panicked. Guys, I think they were right. I don't know what we're going to do when we get out there. we got to bail now. Come on, let's go. And Lenny and Lester jumped off from the steering wheel. And Skip leaned into the gear on his way out that sped up the boat. And they both jumped off into the water. And Tommy stayed laying there on the front for a moment. And then slowly moved down, got up to the steering wheel, pulled the gear shift down. Because remember, he was the biggest one. He could reach everything. Now, finally, they've given me the opportunity to be the captain. And he cautiously steered his way through the canal to the open ocean. The man who owned the boat received a call a few days later. 
a report of his boat being found damaged along the shore in Pompano Beach, Florida. There was no one aboard, they said, so we'll never really know whatever happened to Tommy. I can tell you, he didn't enjoy too many days out on that ocean alone. And the man, well, he decided never to buy a boat again, for he never really enjoyed it. And the times he did want to go on the ocean, he just decided to rent a boat or have someone else take him out on their boat. That concludes The Iguana Boat. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to check out all of our episodes on our podcast and subscribe so you don't miss out on any future episodes. And don't forget to leave us a review. And as always, continue to listen to our next episode. This podcast features the song A Dinner and a Rabbit by Mute Stare. Available under Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial License.